family, first of all, I guess, and then a great nation, and that this land would be where they would dwell. And as he would, as he sojourned into that, that area, we see Abraham digging some wells. Now this is not just an easy thing to do. Even today, digging a well is not an easy thing to do. It's much easier now than it was then because we have the equipment to do so. But uh, imagine at that time with what limited tools they had, digging deep enough to go and find water. Imagine all the different areas that, that you would have to go and you would try to dig here and try to dig there and, and uh, in no luck. There's no water that would spring forth. And today we have technology. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in that area, but I know they uh, are able to identify what areas may be best to tap into the ground in order to reach, uh, in order to reach that water table. But at that time, they didn't have that kind of technology. They, they weren't able to just find the different areas that would say, well, there's, there's not going to be rock, the bedrock that we would hit before getting to the water table. Or uh, they, they, they just had to dig. Now, I believe that uh, through the scriptures, seeing the four, at least four wells uh, that we see that Abraham and, and his servants dug, that it was by the providence of God that he did so. That God did lead him and uh, was, was able to uh, perhaps even supernaturally just uh, spring up a well out of, uh, out of their faith and, and beginning to dig. And as they would dig into the ground and this laborious task of doing so, they would dig and dig and they would have to put up a structure around them so it didn't cave in upon itself. They would finally strike water, and as they would strike water, they would then continue to dig. And you didn't just stop at first sight of water, but you would continue to dig until the water was bubbling up and flowing up, and then you would put put the uh, the reinforcements around the edge so it wouldn't cave in, and you continued to dig, and they did that digging until that water uh, was coming up at such force, at such a rate that they could not continue digging down. But, uh, but they, they got down as far as they could, and it was a difficult task to do it. But in doing so, that well became their property, or became uh, something that was very valuable to not just them, but really the whole region around them. For Abraham, we see disputes that took place over some of the wells that he dug. We see some things that uh, were caused because of, or some some conflict that was caused uh, out of the wells because they were so valuable in that time that if a well was there, that meant that everyone around had a source of water. They would oftentimes build a trough or some kind of a, a, a place where they could dig or that they could take the water out and put it into that trough to feed their animals or to water their animals. And it was a place that they could, they could come to when the streams or the brooks dried up. There was still water in the well. They covered the well 
uh, with some kind of stone or some kind of wood, uh, typically to, uh, to keep that water source fresh. They didn't, want, they didn't want there to be debris and all kinds of things that would go down into the well. In fact, in that region, in that region there was, uh, it was thought of as a sin for anyone to, uh, to throw things into the well or to, uh, to get sick and, and to vomit into the well. Even that was, uh, was called a sin in that day. That if they were to do that, it was, uh, it was affecting the, uh, the water source that was there to sustain them. And, and so we see the importance of the wells in that day. That well, it would eventually become something that cities and communities would come to wherever the water was. And if you found a well, there was uh, eventually a city that would, that would come and it would, uh, it would be there close, close by the well. And, and they would have community that, uh, that developed around the well. And that's... Very much so what we want when we are speaking about the well, with our well ladies conference, with the well coffee shop, that it's a place of community. It's a place where you can go to and you can find strength. It's a place that you, at that time, we we see these different encounters in scripture of uh, of the women who were gathered there at the well. And and, uh, once a well was constructed, it was built, it was Oftentimes, at that period of time, the, uh, the, the woman's responsibility to go and to fetch water at the well, they would do so at a certain time of day because they would help each other. It was not an easy task. So they would go and they would help each other to, to let the bucket down, to draw water up, and they would be there for one another. It was a place of community. It was a place of sharing stories. We see at several points in Scripture where the, the visitors uh, or a visitor may, may come by or a stranger may be visiting a, a city. And the first place that they would go was to the well. We see Samuel, the prophet, that as he would come upon a city, and on two occasions we see it says that he first went to the well. And he would ask the people at the well about what's taking place in the city. It's at the well that community was, uh, was, was happening. It's at the well that people were coming and they were sharing stories. It was at the well that people would come to and we see Jesus himself meeting a woman at the well. It's in Samaria when it was a well that had been in existence all the way from their forefather Jacob who had dug that well. And, and Jesus meets this woman there at the well and he begins a conversation with her and begins to minister to her needs and she runs into the town to tell people about this man that she had met at the well and now he was the savior and and we see these things that begin to happen in community and refreshing that takes place at the well and that's really what I want to focus on here today is that well of refreshing we could go in so many different directions uh, when I speak on the well but I want to try to keep it focused here on this aspect of the well, which is the refreshing quality of the well. And in doing so, I said, we're going to go to Judges chapter 15, and we're going to look at this story, this thing that took place 
within, within the life of Samson, beginning in verse 9. It says that the Philistines, they went up and they encamped in Judah and they deployed themselves against Lehi. Now, Lehi is not a, a, a man here, but rather it's a city. And so they're deploying themselves against this city, this uh, city of, the, of Israel. And the Philistines are coming up. And the, mil- the men of Judah, they said, why have you come up against us? So they answered, we have come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. And then the 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Etam, and they said to Samson, do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this that you have done to us? Now, Samson had been stirring up some trouble in a good way. Now, they were not, uh, they, they didn't see the, the benefit in this. They, they knew that the Philistines had rule over them, Samson coming against them, trying to set them free from that rule. They saw the backlash that was coming against them. And so they're wondering, Samson, why are you causing us more trouble? He said to them, as they did to me, so I have done to them. But they said to him, we have come down to arrest you. Now, these are the people of Judah, his own countrymen coming. We've come to arrest you, arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. And then Samson said to them, swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him and they said, no, but we will tie you secure, securely and we will deliver you into their hands. But we will not, we surely will not kill you. They bound him with two new ropes and they brought him upon, or up from the rock. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire and his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and he reached out his hand and he took it. He killed a thousand Men that day with the jawbone of a donkey. Talk about the hand of the Lord being upon him. Talk about a man who, when trouble came, he knew how to call upon God. I talked in our adult class this morning on Samson and how Samson, he was uh, very much a wishy-washy kind of a guy. That uh, when things were good, he just... Did whatever he wanted. But when things were bad, he knew how to call on God. And God did show up. I'm thankful that God will show up in our time of trouble. And it's not a good thing, uh, the the way that he lived, uh, where he was so uh, double-minded. But we see him calling on God. And he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Verse 16. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've slain a thousand men. And so it was that when he had finished speaking, that he threw the jawbone from his hand and he called that place Ramath Lehi, which means jawbone height or a jawbone hill. But then he became very thirsty. And so he cried out to the Lord and he said, you've given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant and now... Shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? It's calling upon God. Say, God, I'm here. I'm 
thirsty. I, I'm about to die from thirst. Have you really delivered me from the hands of the Philistines in order to just allow me to die here in my thirst? He calls upon God. And now let's see what God does. Verse 19 says that God split the hollow place that is in Lehi and the water came rushing out of it. And he drank and his spirit returned and he revived. Therefore, he called its name in Hakor, which is in Lehi to this day. That Hebrew word that he named that in Hakor means spring of the caller. This is the place where I called upon the name of the Lord in my time of distress. And God made a way. When I was in a, in a dry place, when I was in a place where I thought I was going to die, when I, it wasn't by the hands of my enemies, it was by the hands, or by the, by the fact that I was about to, uh, about to, uh, die of thirst and, and God came and he heard my cry and he opened up out of the middle of the ground and he allowed the water to come rushing up out of the ground and he made for me a well right there when I called upon his name I didn't have to dig for it I didn't have to put the work into it all I had to do was call upon the name of the Lord and the Lord was there at the well of refreshing was just at the just as far away as the mention of his name. That all I had to do was call upon the name of the Lord, and God came right there. It's the spring of the caller. You know, I think for us today, when we get into a place and, and we're, we're in a we're in a, a dry place and and, and I've, I've been there before where you're you're in a dry place where it feels as if yeah things are things are just uh you know god is not there where are you at and and you're in a dry place and and in that dry place sometimes we can go searching for answers elsewhere we can go searching for answers or we can begin to look elsewhere for, uh, for finding our, uh, our worth or for finding, uh, the answers to life. And, and yet God is saying, I'm just as far away as the mention of my name. I'm just as far away as you calling upon me and I will bring you a well that is coming up out of the water, out of the ground and it can refresh you in a moment. All you need to do is to call upon me. All you need to do is to call on my name. Now, it's, uh, it's interesting. Samson here speaking, uh, or, or naming this place, the, the, the spring or the, the, the well of the caller. Because Israel itself was in a place where they did not call upon the name of the Lord. They were, they were in a bad place at this time. Samson, it seems as though he was the only one at that, at that time that was calling out to God for any help. Even his parents, they, they may, it seems as though they were godly people, that they, they loved God, but uh, it says that his mother was barren. And unlike some other barren women that we see in Scripture that called upon God and asked for God's help, Women like Sarah, 
women like uh, Rachel and and in her times of barrenness, and women like Hannah, who uh, in, in her time of distress, when, when her husband uh, could not give her a child, or she could not bear a child for her husband, and, and she was calling upon God, she went to the temple, and, and it says that, that Eli, the priest there, he thinks that she's drunk, he thinks she's mad, because she's so desperate for God to give her a child, and she's calling upon God in her time of distress, and yet we see... Uh, Samson's mother, it, it, it mentions no, uh, nothing about her calling upon God in order to relieve her of her barrenness, but rather there was, uh, there was just a, 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 an angel that appeared. An angel that appeared, not, not because she called upon God, not because she was praying, but an angel did appear and said, I am going to give you a child and your child is going to, going to deliver Israel from their bondage. The people of Israel were not in a place where they called upon God. This is what led them into their place of bondage. In fact, Judges is a, a very depressing book in, in some ways, although it's, I guess, reflects uh, humanity uh, as well. But it's, it's the cycle of them, uh, the people of Israel, continuing to fall back into their sin and God delivering them from their sin. And they would fall back into it. And you see this. The seven cycles that they go through where, where they would fall into sin and they would uh, become captives uh, to, to the people around them. And then God would raise up a deliverer and Samson was one of those deliverers. He was one of the judges that would deliver them from their bondage. It would always take somebody, one person who would begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Now Samson says, he called upon the name of the Lord and the Spirit came upon him. And when the Spirit came upon him, he gained the strength that was needed in order to give them their deliverance. Now then, when he was in his alone time, that, that's when he was surrounded by people. That's when he had an audience. He called upon the name of the Lord and the Lord was there. But even in his time of being alone... When he said, God, I look around and there's nobody here. There's nobody to get me something to drink. I'm about to die of thirst. He called upon the name of the Lord and God showed up right there. And he says that a spring of water came up right out of the ground and gave him the refreshing that he needed. Now, I think it's interesting to see that it says that this spring was there from the uh, from that time. Until this day, until the writing of this, this letter, it was still there in Lehi. That was not just a one-time experience for Samson. It was not God just showing up just this one time for him, but it was going to sustain the people that were in that area for, for year after year after year. And because of the voice of one man who called upon God to say, God, I need you right now. God showed up and it began to affect generation after generation after generation. And what God is doing, he's calling somebody today in your midst of your trouble to say, would you call upon me and I 
I can bring you out of whatever situation you're in. I can refresh your soul. I know you may be going through some tests and trials or a dry place, but I am just as far away as the mention of my name. And let me tell you that when I bring you out, it's not just for your sake, but I'm going to bring, uh, begin, come on, to affect generation after generation after generation because I, come on, I have not left you. I'm here with you. I'm going to sustain you. My, my, my water is the living water. It's the living water that's flowing. It's coming. Come on. It's the source that doesn't have a, it doesn't have an end when you tap into it. The source, come on, of God's strength. It is unending. The refreshing of God. You begin to tell somebody about, about your testimony of how God brought you out. Come on, that can, that can affect generations. Your, your testimony. Don't, don't you hide your testimony from others. Don't, don't hide what God has done for you of how he's brought you out. Don't, don't hide the, the, the facts of, of what you've gone through and, and, and hide those details from your kids or from your friends and, and those who, who need to hear your story about what God has done in your life. About how God has refreshed you at times. Come on, there's, there's time, I spoke a few weeks ago about, about how you need to encourage yourself at times. And there's, there's, there's times where, where you just need to tap back into what God's done for you in the past. And you go back and you visit this place of Lehi. You visit that, that well, that spring of the caller. And you remember, I called upon the name of the Lord then. And he, come on, he, he heard my cry at that moment. And he sustained me. And I can go back and I can visit. And I can still see that the water's flowing. I can still see that God showed up then. And if he showed up then, he'll show up today. There is a community that sprung up around this. There was a, there was a, a community of people that began to see what God, or that, that saw the, the source of the water there. In fact, we still see this in the book of 2 Samuel. It's, it, we, we read this story of a man. It's a, uh, an, an interesting story of one of David's men. Who were fighting for him in a battle. His name was Shammah. And Shammah, it says, was at the place of Lehi. The same place that Samson was at here when he called upon the name of the Lord. And this, this well came up. And, and, and this man, Shammah, he saw the significance of this plot of land. In fact, for Shammah, it's, it's not pointing. It doesn't tell us necessarily about this spring of water but it does tell us about a field of lentils and how there was a field of lentils or field of beans that's there and the philistines again are coming against them and they're trying to take this land the same land of lehi where the spring was at they 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 found this place well this is uh, we could just give this up you know that's what everybody else had done everybody else had fled but Shama said, no, I need to protect what the Lord has given us. I need to protect this place of Lehi, this place. I, I know what God did. I've heard the stories of how God used Samson to deliver us in this very place. And I know that God will deliver me now. And so it says a whole army of Philistines began to advance. And everybody else from the Israelite army, they began to retreat. But Shammah stood there with a sword in hand. And it says he fought off an entire army of Philistines there in Lehi in the field of 
beans in the place where this spring of the caller was at. Why? Because he knew that if I just call upon the name of the Lord and I protect the things and the, the stories of what God has done for me in the past, then God is still just as present and just as relevant now and just as able to deliver me now as he was for Samson back then. And this is the importance of sharing stories. This is the importance of telling the, the, what God has done for us. And because in community and sharing these things, we begin to see, the re, we begin to get through community the refreshing of what God has done. See, refreshing doesn't only come in a place of prayer in your alone time. Refreshing also comes in community. In fact, I see that so often where, where the people of God come together. And when I believe this is why it instructs the people of God to come together. is So that we can build one another up and to help one another. To be that source of refreshing for one another. Amen. We as a church are not called to tear each other down. I'm not, it's not, uh, it's not my, um, I don't, not, I was going to say it's not my duty, but it's definitely not my duty. It's not uh, my role ever to tear down somebody else within the church. I, I am never, uh, ab- never able to uh, be released by God to say, you can just speak badly of this person and re- you know, tell, tell all the, the negative things that they've done. No, God has called me to build up. God has called me to encourage. God has called me to refresh and to help one another. No, God has called me well, to speak positively of others and, and not to tear each other down. And so that well of refreshing, it doesn't just come from God himself, but it comes from the people of God. This is what the church is all about. The church is all about coming together, praying for one another, being there for one another. The church is all about coming and saying, I know that you're going through it right now. I know that you've got some some things that you don't know which way is up, which way is down, which way is forward, which way is back, backward. But let me tell you, I've been there myself too. I, I've been through some things. I you know I may not be in the in the exact situation that you're in right now, but let me tell you how God brought me out. Let me tell you how God was good to me. And you begin to, sh- to share the story of what God's done in your life. And you begin to refresh somebody else. To give them hope. You begin to, to give somebody else hope because of the, the testimony of your own life. And, and this is what it's all about when we're talking about the well. Coming together in community. In fact... One thing that we will be doing is, is our, our coffee shop here, the well, is not just going to be uh, for us on Sunday mornings. And we're going to be opening it up on Fridays as well. We're going to have this open. It's going to be open to the community. It's, uh, we've already uh, spread the word into different places in the community. And they're excited about coming and, and being here. And, uh, and, and so this is going to be a place where we can gather together and we can... Uh, the whole idea is for us to begin to share and to tell the goodness of God. I want to I want to build somebody else up and lift them up and let and want to let the stories of what God has done for me to begin to overflow into somebody else's life so that they come on can experience it for themselves so they can call upon the name of the Lord. It's a well of refreshing. 
I wonder today if there's anybody here who that you've had that experience for yourself. Where you've been somewhere like Samson was. And you just had a great victory in your life. But then all of a sudden you find your you find yourself in a, in a situation where it's like, God, I know that you just did that for me, but I feel right now like I'm at my lowest point. I don't, I don't know how that happens, but I've been there myself. Where you, you've been doing great, and then all of a sudden it feels as if you're a rock bottom. Mm. Well, is there anybody that you've been there and just, it's God. I know that you can do it, but right now I look around and I feel all alone. God, I feel as if you're not there. Come on, Elijah, Elijah, he experienced it himself. The prophet of God, Elijah, he had just called down fire from heaven. He had just destroyed all the prophets of Baal. He had just told uh, Jezebel that it would not rain until the until God released the rain and, and until he, he declared it. And then all of a sudden he finds himself running because this woman Jezebel, the queen, she said, I'm out to, out to get you. I'm going to kill you. And then just moments after this great victory that he had experienced, he finds himself hot leaning under a tree and asking God, God, can I just, could you just take my life right now? And he's in that very place where all of a sudden the Lord begins to deposit a refreshing for him right under that tree. And it says that he fell asleep under the tree. He fell asleep under that tree right there. And when he woke up, there was a cake that had been baking for him. I would love to have a bake, a cake that was baked for me by the hands of God. <laughs> a cake that was baked for him by the very hands of God and it was sitting there for him and it gave him enough strength to go on to the to the uh, to the well or to the cave and he went to the cave and it was at the cave that God began to speak to him and say you can't do this yourself Elijah you got to stop doing this on your own you've been trying too hard to, to to make a difference when when we look around and if you realize that there are a thousand people who have not bowed themselves to to the prophets of Baal or to the to the God of Baal no there are a thousand there are thousands of others and I want to sit you and release you to go and invest in somebody else and it was from this where Elijah not Elijah was going and doing all this on his own and then God begins to release him and to say I need you to invest in somebody else and he goes from that cave and he finds the man Elisha this young man who he begins to pour his life into and pour his ministry into and, and building him up. And, and through that refreshing that he had received in the lowest point of his life, God releases him to go and to invest in others. Build community. Have relationships with, uh, or build relationship with somebody else, not doing this all on your own. Pouring your life, discipling somebody else and telling them about what God's done for you. And so that then they can experience that for themselves. And you can experience, then they can pour themselves into somebody else. And we see Elisha carry on that pattern. In fact, he built schools for prophets and he poured his life into making sure that, that this did not stop at just uh, Elijah and then him. But it would become a multiplication effort of making sure that what the goodness of God was talked about and the refreshing could come and that when they got to the place where it felt like 
they were all alone, they could always call upon God. And I wonder right now if we could just, just stand in this place and bring this to a close here. We do have a baptism that's coming up. So excited for what God has done in Leah's life and, and uh, it's, it's prompted her to, uh, to ask if she could be baptized today. But uh, before we get into our baptism today, I wonder if we could all around this place uh, just gather with somebody. Gather together with your family or your friends, somebody today. If we can get into groups of four or five people around this place. Maybe it's somebody that you came with today. But I want us to pray together. This isn't our our typical way of of dismissing into prayer, but today I I just feel just coming together and beginning to pray for one another. As we're gathered around this place, we're here to lift each other up. The, 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 The burdens that one another would have, that we would just ask God to relieve them of it, to help them as they would call upon the Lord, that we could feel His presence drawing near, that we could feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Well, is there somebody right now you could just call upon the name of the Lord and just begin to call out the names of those who you're gathered with right now? God bless them. Help them. Be there for them right now. Yes.
trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. joy from the ashes a new life is born 